it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where I deep dive into topics like relationships, society, culture, motherhood, womanhood, and all of the other crazy things, good, bad, and ugly, that make up this thing we call life. And today's episode is going to be a little bit more of a rant, because there has been this uptick of videos and rants from child-free people who simply hate kids. And I'm not speaking to child-free by choice people who have no problem with kids but just don't want their own. Those are not the people I'm speaking about right now. I'm talking about people who think crotch goblins should be kept out of public. Now, I find this to be a deeply American issue. When I have traveled overseas, there is a much more multi-generational communal idea of society but in the US, I feel like this rampant individualism has made people intolerant of others. And you see this almost the most when people are talking about children on airplanes. The confined space and the lack of choice that people have to curate their social surroundings in an instance like an airplane brings out the absolute worst in people. I have called out so many videos on TikTok of people recording children freaking out, griping, rolling their eyes, saying things like, oh God, kids do not belong on airplanes. Now, I hate to break this to you, but airplanes are in fact public transportation. They are not free transportation, but they are open to the public. And in a lot of instances, airplanes are the only way to get to certain places. So because it's public transportation, there is going to be public on it. And that means you are going to run into all sorts of what you would consider undesirable human beings. Now, more tolerant people would understand that children are just children. But the amount of grown adults who can't put themselves in the situation or in the place of the child, or even better yet, the parent, the poor parent who's just trying to navigate a stressful, chaotic situation with an emotionally volatile, tiny person who doesn't understand anything and is probably having a goddamn panic attack the entire time their child is screaming. If you have such a lack of empathy that you can't put yourself in the position of that parent, if you can't at least like be like, oh man, that really sucks for them, oh man, and put your goddamn ear pods in and just mind your business, you shouldn't be on public transportation. I hope you have the PJ ready to go because that's the only way you are going to be able to curate your travel spaces. And I go hard on this topic so much because it really has some pretty dark underpinnings when you get beneath the surface. You know, this rampant individualism that can't stand people making loud noises, people going against the status quo. And I'm saying people because children are in fact people. And just because they are young people doesn't mean they are any less deserving of human empathy and respect. If you can't tolerate someone outside of a very constrained, very controlled box, that in and of itself is a dangerous type of way of thinking. You know, when you start to decide that, okay, well, children shouldn't be allowed in certain social situations because, well, because they cry, because they scream, because they get in people's personal space. I understand that. Those behaviors absolutely irk me too. Trust me, no one is more irked than the parent. But if you take it so far that you say, okay, you go beyond, I'm uncomfortable in this situation, this sucks. If your thinking then goes to, people shouldn't bring children onto airplanes because I don't like it, 
you are now getting into the realm of trying to curate your social um, experience. And when you try to curate your social experience, you try to curate society to exclude people you find undesirable. Now we're getting into the realm of something that a lot of very bad people have gotten into. Exposure to all sorts of people is never going to be a bad thing. In fact, if you do not expose yourself to the general public, you will have a very warped sense of what actual people exist in the general public, in the society in which you navigate. Thankfully, we are not at in this dystopian world where we can curate our society. But the fact that people find it okay to say that about children and can't see the correlation between undesirable other types of people or other types of behavior is very frightening. Hating kids isn't cool. In fact, hating kids is just another form of ageism, which by definition is bigotry. Now, don't get me wrong. Kids are people, which means there will be pretty shitty individual children. You can by all means dislike a certain child because you just don't like them. Okay, stay away from that child probably and their parents. But hating kids is an entire age demographic of standard human development is very strange. Like, let me paint you a little picture of what it must be like to be a young child in an airport in an airplane. You wake up extremely early, you're groggy, you're out of it, you're tired, you're kind of cranky, you're immediately thrown into your clothes, get in the car and go to the brightest, loudest, busiest place you've ever been. Oh, and you've never been there before, so it's new and scary. It's loud, there might be a security dog walking around, which is awesome, you love dogs, but you're not allowed to touch it and it's being taken very seriously. You can't get a snack. You have to walk through the security line with these big archways that you don't really know what they do. That seems pretty cool, but people are rushing you and bumping you and every single person around you is 10 feet taller than you. You're walking and walking and walking for hours. Your little legs are exhausted. Your feet hurt. You're, you might be getting a blister from your shoe. The grown-ups that are your parents that are supposed to be taking care of you are extremely stressed and snap at you and don't have time to answer all your questions and don't have time to make you feel comfortable. And then you get on the airplane and it's a smaller confined space than you've ever had to keep your body. You have lots of energy and you just need to get it out. But everyone's telling you that you have to sit absolutely still and not make any noise. And then the plane starts going up and up and up. And for some reason, your ears start hurting more and more and more. And you don't know what's going on and nothing is making it stop. And it's excruciating. So after all of those stressors, after all of those overstimulations, and now you're in a strange amount of extreme pain. So you start to cry because it's the only way for you to express yourself at this level of overwhelm. And your mom, she's trying to do everything to make it stop, but nothing's working. And you're just so over it. You're just so exhausted. You're just so miserable. And then you look next to you and the person sitting next to you is giving you a dirty fucking look and tells your mother that she needs to shush you down. Like, I know full-grown adults that wouldn't be able to handle that. I know full-grown adults who would have a full-blown fucking panic attack in that airplane. We also forget the number of adults that have to self-medicate in order to fly, who get to their terminal and down a couple drinks, who drink a couple drinks on the airplane to, you know, be less bored and enjoy their time more because let's face it, airplane travel fucking sucks. 
I know adults who need to meditate, who need to have all of their special comfort items, who need to take Xanax in order to chill out, who need to take sleep pills so they can actually fall asleep on the airplane. Children can do absolutely none of those things, and instead we insist that without any sort of coping skills, any sort of coping mechanisms, and not even a fully grown brain to even understand all of the overstimulation, we expect them to just sit quietly. In my opinion, we're expecting too much. And if your answer to that is like, well, yeah, I completely agree with that. That's why you shouldn't be bring kids on airplanes. It's not cool for them. I would say almost every one of those times, there's no other option. Either they are going to vacation somewhere that you need to get on an airplane, or they're going to visit family, or God forbid they're going to a funeral, or maybe they're going to a family reunion, or maybe they're going to visit family that they've never seen before, and this is the first time meeting them. You don't fucking know. Pipe down and mind your business. Nobody wants a miserable child. Nobody wants to make their child miserable. And the least you can do is a compassionate fully frontal frontal lobe developed adult human being is have a little bit of understanding a little bit of compassion if you think you're having a bad time at least you don't have to calm that child at least you can put your earbuds in and ignore it and when we're talking about other situations like restaurants theaters movies etc public spaces that children may be there for i absolutely believe in public decorum, teaching your children the rules of proper socialization. I would never just allow my child to have a full-blown meltdown without trying to do what I can to mitigate it, or at the very least, removing my child from the situation so they can calm down in private and we can get to a more regulated space. I think that goes without saying. I do think that's a little bit of parenting common sense. I don't believe that parents should allow their children to treat public spaces in any way they want, but I do believe that there is a an onus on the public to understand that children are not as developed as adults, that there is going to be childlike behavior when there are children. Me and my husband have always tried to take our kids out into public as much as we can. We take them to restaurants. We want them to be able to learn how to behave in these adult situations, in these multi-generational situations, in theaters, at musical performances, out in restaurants. And the only way they're going to learn is by doing. You know, just because you have decided to live a child-free life does not mean that you are guaranteed a child-free existence. Kids will be in public, and it does society as a whole a great benefit to learn, to grow together, to see children and elderly people and people with different disabilities, to see these different types of people out in public and learn how to accommodate how to be inclusive. When I first started talking about this topic on other platforms, I really was talking more about making more places multi-generationally accommodating, which means if a place is meant for multi-generations, if a place is allowing children in, if this is not an 18 or over establishment, if this is not an adults only event, please think of these little people and make accommodations for them as you would anyone else who is differently abled than an able-bodied adult. 
you know, everybody gets upset when kids are acting out and kids are running amok and kids are acting crazy. That is generally because they are bored and understimulated. If there were places that took just a little bit of forethought into the audience that they are serving. And yes, this would take, a, you know, some money and some thinking and some planning and some time, but you do see it out. You do see restaurants that have, you know, children's menus that have coloring things. Some of them even have like little play areas or have outside playgrounds out on the patio. So parents can sit on the patio and kids can play. This doesn't need to be at every establishment. I absolutely do think that there should be 18 and over and honestly 25 and over would be fabulous sometimes too. Um, places, I think everybody should be able to go places that are comfortable. I just don't believe that public transportation is one of those. But when we are all out socializing together, just as we have handicap ramps, just as we are supposed to have changing rooms or changing tables in all the bathrooms, which we don't, just so we're clear, that's not in every restaurant, and it should be in the mom and dads, I think we can do better to consider children in public spaces. Um, a great example of this is when my husband and I went to Barcelona. Spain was the most family-friendly place I think we had ever been to in our lives, and we were actually on a child-free trip, which if you're a parent, I highly recommend if that's ever possible to absolutely do it because it's the most amazing experience. But we went to Spain and the first thing we noticed is that Barcelona has playgrounds in the airport. Can you imagine how many less screaming, squirmy, tantruming toddlers there would be on your airplane if they got to run it out on a slide and a jungle gym in the airport before getting on the airplane? Let off that steam. Everybody gets a more peaceful flight. That's the way of looking at a problem and solving it with a meaningful solution instead of just shaming the problem. And when we were exploring Barcelona and San Sebastian, there were squares with playgrounds everywhere in the city center with cafes and restaurants and bars and everyone from every walk of life, every generation was out there co-mingling. There were you know, old people drinking their drinks and playing some checkers or chess. There were families with young kids standing around having a beer, having a glass of wine, having a pincho or a tapa, and, and their kids are playing on the playground because it's right there because they have made these multi-generationally accessible spaces in order to foster that sense of community. In the United States, we have these very segregated activities. You know, there's there's kids' playgrounds, but like, what do the parents do? You just sit on a bench and watch your kid. And I'm not saying that every time we go out, we need to be having a drink, but I got to tell you, I would make a whole lot more mom friends on the playground if I could have a, a coffee or a, a muffin and sit at a table with a bunch of other moms or a glass of wine in the evening after school. You know, there's a reason why these activities are communal. There's a reason why these activities are how people for thousands of years have fostered these senses of community and it's through community gathering it's it's from third spaces that are accessible and welcoming to every generation and every member of the community it is through co-mingling with your neighbors it's through sharing a glass of wine with someone from a different life stage than you it's from meeting parents as a child-free person because you happen to be out at the square having your drink and you get to talking about the song that's playing and you realize you have similar taste in music or maybe you're going to the same concert. You know, There's so much that bridges the gaps in our community and our society has made individualization seem like the way to be that 
You should just commingle with other people that are just like you. And as a parent, meeting friends is already so difficult because we do end up isolated within society. And it just gets worse when you find out when you do go out into society that the overarching vibe is that you shouldn't have. I think as a country, we have a long way to go um, in bringing ourselves back to a place of love and compassion and empathy for our fellow neighbor, for our fellow man. I think over the past couple of years, there has been this extreme disconnect between people, this extreme division between people, and you see it through every single conversation that's happening, but you definitely see it, at least I have recently, in the conversation about child hating and children in public and children as people. There is no room for any type of bigotry. There is no room for any type of dissimulation of a particular group of human beings that make up part of our community. That is not how we are going to be a strong country. It's not how we're going to be a strong community. It's not how we are going to be able to actually handle and tackle and fight together for the rights of maybe people who aren't exactly like you. You know, the, the more you isolate yourself from specific groups of people, the more you're going to be able to dehumanize them in your mind, the, the more that their issues and their needs are not going to be important to you. And as much as there are nuisances and annoyances with being around the general public, exposing yourself to the realities of humanity will keep you in touch with what it is to be human. Children are simply human beings in an earlier life stage. And that comes with all sorts of regular and irregular behaviors. And if this entire episode, this entire rant um, in any way made you feel like as a child-free person, I was pointing you out and talking about you, I promise you that if you see children as people, you are not who I'm talking about. But I have seen way too many posts from very chronically online people just some of the vilest things about kids. So I hope that this conversation that we had today has at least opened your eyes to the importance of getting back to community, the importance of co-mingling with all walks of life, all aspects of our community, and hopefully co- you know, brings all of us together to come up with some realistic solutions on how we can all coexist in a happier and less aggressive way. So thanks for joining me today. It is me, Lisa P, and I will see you next time.